Hi, welcome to RISE Radio. I am Eileen McDonald, the Editorial Director of RISE, and I am thrilled that today joining me for our third episode is Ellen Wofford, the Managing Director of RISE and my boss and boss's boss. How are you today, Ellen? I'm great, Eileen. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am so excited to be guest starring on RISE Radio today. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I'm excited because I'm going to use this opportunity to get to know you even a little bit better. I've been here at RISE. It's been over two years and um, and a lot has happened in the last couple of years. But I know that there is a lot more with Friar and RISE before I came on board. So I thought maybe you could give the listeners an overview of who you are, what sort of brought you to this stage at RISE, how you managed to get where you are today. (laughs) It has been, I have to say, the adventure of a lifetime. It really, um, when I took, when I finished my MBA and I took my first job at Informa over 25 years ago, I would never have imagined (laughs) that I would be here today and the journey that it's taken to get here. it's been unbelievable. So the company, we started the company just over 20 years ago now. And our first conferences were running, our first two conferences were running on 9-11 in Boston. Unbelievable, right? Um, It was just so surreal. So we, Actually, we had conferences booked in January and February in World Trade Center on the 86th floor at NISA and um, on the top two floors at Windows on the World. We had four more conferences booked. Um, So we just sort of, like the world did, we paused from doing conferences. We waited. We talked about the business and what this means and when do you think it'll come back? And we watched and um, we made, we, we returned. We were able to run conferences. Our first conferences then ended up, the January conferences we pushed, pushed to March and April. They ended up running in Midtown. And we, you know, it wasn't the start we thought it would be to the business, but, um, you know, we persevered and we came through. And at that time, all of our conferences were financial. Um, We sort of started to dabble a few years later, just prior to the recession in the pharmaceutical space and the healthcare space. So we built the company back up and we were doing great. And then the recession hit, unbelievable. So it was like this this company has just been through tidal wave of tidal wave of change. So we made it through the recession, thankfully at the time, really diversifying into the healthcare space. And at that time, it was the perfect nexus. Medicare Advantage was just starting to get some traction in the market. So we were running our first few Medicare Advantage conferences at that time. So when the financial market crashed and all of our annuity products, all of our conferences in the financial space were 
mortgage-backed securities, ABS, CLOs, CDOs, all of these annuity conferences for hedge funds and private equity funds that we had been doing, poof, in one day, the topics just went away. The database went away. So we were really lucky to have sort of this healthcare pharma portfolio at that time. So then we made it back through the recession and clawed our way back and healthcare went and went and went. And then uh, just about six years ago, we were big enough and we were like, now's the time to sell. And Wilmington came into our lives, which has been wonderful. So I'll just keep on going. It's, it's, it's such a roller coaster of a story. So Wilmington acquires us, which is fantastic. We're able to really, they are able to really help us deliver on what we would not have been able to do if, we, if I still owned the company. They gave us great financial support, tools, technologies, HR support, things that we really didn't have as a small organization. We were able to just plug it in and play and really grow the company. So it's been a crazy five years and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> Unbelievable. Isn't it crazy? I, had, I didn't realize all those milestones that you really had to sort of overcome. Did, do you think it helped because you guys survived and were able to pivot then that helped you pivot this past year? A hundred percent. And I think because we've been able to pivot, to, to pivot, to weather the storm and to have to pivot again, we knew, I knew, I knew it was possible. Like in my gut, when this hit, I was like, all right, let's go. We have to do it fast and early and be decisive. And when the pandemic hit, that's really, I was just like, yep, I've been there. I've done that. This is how we're going to do it. And let's figure out how to solve for this. So let's take it. Act one is a live conference company. Let's enter into act two, which is now going to become a live streaming virtual event company. And I think it's so important to pause for a minute when we talk about, oh my gosh, act two of Rise, virtual Rise. As of today, a little more than a year into the pandemic, we've executed 82 virtual conferences, ushering through four thousand delegates through our live streaming virtual events and close to 350 sponsors. So we're so proud of what we've been able to, how we've been able to pivot during the pandemic and the response that we've received as a result of doing this. It's just, I'm beaming with pride. And now where we are a year into the pandemic is we're going to be in act three, the third iteration of our product launches, we will be doing hybrid conferences, which is, you know, again, like I said, 25 years ago, like I never thought. <laughs> I know it would be like the Jetsons or something 25 years ago. I mean, I, I think it's been remarkable that, you know, that we've been all able to sort of move the company in different directions and sort of ride this wave and the hybrid. Let's talk about that. So I know that we're going to have, we just finished our Medicare marketing summit which we did virtually a year ago, we were in Vegas, hoping that we're gonna be back in 2022 there live. Um, that was the last time I saw you in person. And I remember at the time we were talking about how we're gonna do Rise National in three weeks with this pandemic coming, you know, well, we weren't even sure what it was and we switched to virtual then. Um, so 
now we're talking Rise National is going to be virtual again in March, later this month. And in June, we have the Women's Health Care Leadership Summit. And certainly your story is one of a remarkable uh, journey um, that we'll do in June. But we're going to do the first hybrid, I think. It's also in June, the Social Determinants Health. So can we talk about what that's going to look like for people who might be listening, who might want to start emerging and, and being back to networking in person again? It's it's been an adventure um, <laughs> scoping out what hybrid looks like because no one knows, right? So we're really like, we've talked about this. I've used this phrase a lot during the pandemic. We're like building the plane as we're flying it, literally. Um, we had a really distinct vision with virtual. And it, it was my vision kind of early on. And I was very clear, I did not want to run virtual conferences that were not live streaming. I wanted my virtual attendees to be able to have the same experience of hearing live content, being able to interact live with speakers um, at, at the same time. That, that's the magic of these live events, right? So we wanted to try to recreate that virtually as, as close to it as we possibly could. And we did it. I'm happy to say we did it. So with hybrid, we also, the team got together and we were like, look, we have to make sure that the people who are attending in the live streaming modules really get the same experience that those delegates who want to get on planes. And we have markets that people, the social determinants of health market, Eileen, that you brought up. These are folks who are in public health. They are vaccinated already at this point. They, they're folks who are work for community-based organizations who have been on the front lines the whole time. They're ready to get together and convene again. That being said, there are some Medicare Advantage plans and some health plans who are under travel bans. So we really have developed a model that we feel if they can't travel, they are going to see the same things, be able to interact and have ask questions to the panelists live in Q&A. The chair people have iPads and they can see everyone chatting in the virtual player. We have a separate virtual networking lounge. So when our conference delegates are in their cocktail reception, um, getting their wine at the bar and having some individually packaged appetizers, they'll be in their virtual lounge um, at tables, interacting in small groups, having their receptions, but from the comfort of their homes. So we've really, we were excited. Um, it's been exhilarating <laughs> to reinvent this thing a third time with hybrid where we are right now as we're early on in announcing this and registrations are going very well for the hybrid option for this live and hybrid. Um, we're charging the same ticket price, which is exciting because content is content and it's just different reasons why people, some people want to come to network, some people just want the content. So um, I do think from an operations and workflow perspective, that is going to be one of our biggest challenges. We've been meeting here and really speaking about it's one thing to execute a conference live and to run it live. It's another thing to run a virtual conference and we have workflows for these, but when we're merging them now, it's doubling <laughs> the time and attention and feeding and watering that the staff has to give. So we're really working hard to figure out where the pain points are going to be in kind of spinning all of these plates between a live and hybrid event and how do we solve for it? 
So it's executed flawlessly. So I think that's, candidly, that's going to be one of our biggest challenges. It's exciting to think about though, to think about people being together, especially as you mentioned, the social determinants of health, because you know, they, there's gonna be a lot of challenges they have to address now as people start emerging and society opens up and there's all these mental health issues I know is gonna be a big challenge. So I think that's a good place to start really of all the conferences that we have. And, and I've been to a lot of them and you know, in some ways the virtuals allowed me to attend more than I probably could have done physically. So I've certainly learned a lot in the past year. I, um, I am excited for this new hybrid world. And I'm excited too to talk to you a little bit more about even our associations, which really launched in the past year. When we met last February, we launched the Medicare Acquisition and Experience Community. And we just had the conference now virtually a year later. And our, we have three communities, one for quality and revenue, one for that what we're calling the MA&E and our social determinants of health. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about it and, and what that has meant for, you know, really to be able to continue to connect and allow these, these people who would maybe meet live in live events be able to continue to communicate this past year. Yes, the serendipity of these communities launching right as the pandemic is hitting is just unbelievably actually good luck for us. Um, we launched, we were able to launch live the member acquisition and experience community, Eileen, and remember we, we had a, this great launch in Las Vegas and everyone was so excited and it was really splashy. And um, since that event la launched live last year in Las Vegas, we've had 1200 new members enroll in that community. And we then had to launch our new social determinants of health community virtually in June, when the Social Determinants of Health Conference was pushed from March to June, and we were able to launch that virtually, we've had 1,500 new members enroll in that. And our quality and revenue community has seen a close to about a 25% bump in, in enrollees during COVID. So we've got 3,000 new members um, who have joined during this time. And it just goes to show that people needed connection more than ever during the pandemic. And we were so, we're so fortunate that we had done the work a year earlier, building systems and con Eileen, you're writing your fingers to the bone <laughs> to create original <laughs> content that's been consumed at levels that we've never seen before. We launched a webinar library and over 3000 people have accessed our webinars over the last year. Um, just, it's just been so exciting to see. And I think, you know, overall, it's really become a great differentiator for RISE. When you look at the business and our events, it's really given us, we're, we're making ourselves sort of unicorns in the market. We're no longer just a live conference company where people come to meet and shake hands. Now they're attending conference virtually and going to summers virtually, but then still connecting and consuming content and attending user groups and attending webinars and having conversations um, when they're not able to meet. So it's been, it's been an amazing year in terms of the associations and we've got great plans. I can't talk about it now. But you we'll can't talk about it. 
<laughs> well, one of them is certainly rice. And one of them, I, I'm happy that we've been able to launch this podcast is just another way to deliver content to people, to be able to consume it. Um, the user groups are great. And that's one thing that I've attended a few of them. And I just went to one, it was for the marketing and sales uh, community. And really for to be able to listen to people, be able to communicate and talk about the challenges they're facing and ideas. It's been a really wonderful. So I, I would encourage people who, if, if you're listening today and you haven't joined a user group, there's one in every community. Um, and we have several in the social determinants of health, a couple I think in the Medicare marketing and sales and a couple in the quality and revenue. And they're really a real great opportunity. And again, another way to connect, not just networking at a live event. And I think Eileen, absolutely building on that, I think the success of the user groups has um, been set in the fact that we, we're allowing only limited amounts of people to come to these. So they're really intimate in nature. We'll um, reach out to the folks and once they get full, so once we reach about 20 people per user group, we'll open a new one up. So, but we'll, it's a really great formula we develop. We'll reach out to everyone in the user group ahead of time and talk to them and say, what are your pain points? What's going on? And we, so we're really getting to the heart of what people are concerned about right then and there. And then we'll launch topics and have conversations in the user group around the self-identified industry pain points that everyone wants to talk about. So they're as timely as they can possibly be to ensure that folks are having the conversations they need to have when they can't shake hands and they can't meet. So yeah, I agree, Eileen. Please everyone, if you're out there, feel free to hop into user groups and give them a try. It gives you an outstanding way to stay connected with your peers. It's true. Maybe we need to start one for, um, for people who are doing live events and moving into the hybrid. Oh it could gosh, be like a yes. <laughs> um, you know, I know you can't talk a lot about the different association uh, plans for the upcoming year. Those will be revealed as time goes on. But is there um, any other uh, information that we should share with our listeners today on sort of what they can expect from RISE in the next few months? Oh, absolutely. Well, we're really excited. I think everyone here to be able to convene back at live events. It's what we've been wanting to do and dreaming. I've been dreaming about being on airplanes and being at conferences and making opening remarks and kind of getting back to feeling a little normal. Um, we've been spending a lot of time here really talking about what it looks and feels like to be back at a live conference and what do we need to do to make sure that RISE is delivering a best in class, safest in class live event to make sure people feel comfortable networking and to make sure that we're following every health and safety protocol we possibly can to the letter and then taking it to the next level like RISE always does. So I do think exciting, um, exciting stuff we've published up on our, uh, on our website, our RISE health, um, safety standards for live events. And I'm feeling really excited. And I'm probably, for those of you who know me, I'm probably one of the biggest germaphobes <laughs> <laughs> ever. And I'm reading these saying, yes, 
this makes me feel comfortable about wanting to come back to live events. So I think that's going to be really exciting iteration. I think too, COVID itself has presented us with a very unique opportunity um, to develop a lot more content and new, not only new live conferences, but new virtual conferences and soon to be new hybrid events. So we're coming out with a lot of new product as a result of what we've all been through in the last year and how the industry's had to pivot and change. So we're working to make sure that we've got conferences and content that folks need now based on what our new reality is in the healthcare marketplace. Well, I'm excited for the future. You know, my, I, when this first happened, I remember I was, you know, oh my God, how are we gonna get through this? And my mother reminded me that after the 1918 Spanish flu, there were the roaring 20s. So I'm very excited that we're gonna emerge from this and back to live events. And in fact, today I just had an interview with one of our RISE national keynotes and she believes the worst is over and it's behind us. So we're emerging. So I feel very excited and I think the timing is right to start the hybrid. So I'm looking forward to it. And Ellen, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person. Eileen, I can't believe it was last February as we're talking about it that we were, oh my God, do you, I played craps. I, I touched a machine. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, can you, we were in restaurants in Las Vegas at the Venetian. Like, I can't imagine, but I can't, I can't wait to get back. I know. I dream of it. And I am always happy to see you virtually. I thank you so much for talking to me today. I know you're busy planning the next event. And um, so to all our listeners who's, who's listening today, Stay tuned for more. Be safe, everyone. I can't wait to see you all live and virtually. <laughs> Take good care. Thank you, Eileen. Bye-bye. Bye.